In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer podcast as always you can find me on twitter at doug robertson ajc that's d-o-u-g-r-o-b-e-r-s-o-n ajc or on facebook at atlanta united news now it is october 14th 2020 and atlanta united uh fought out a 1-1 draw with inter miami an important game for a lot of reasons that i'm going to get into with my guest jason longshore but to quickly recap inter miami dominated most of the game Finished with 21 shots, six on target to Atlanta United's uh, three and one. Uh, Miami finally got its breakthrough on a half volley by Breck Shea at the back post in the 80th minute off an assist by Lewis Morgan, someone that Jason and I discussed on his show, Soccer Down Here, this morning. And then Atlanta United answered three minutes later, a nice pass from Eric Torres, second half sub, to Jurgen Dom, second half sub who got down the field, cut back against uh, a Miami defender, and then squared the ball to Jake Moraney, second half sub, uh, to tie the game. And then Atlanta United had one more opportunity later in the half, but couldn't pull the trigger on it. But they remain in 10th place in the MLS East, headed to Toronto in Connecticut. Nope, Toronto hasn't moved. It's just where they're headquartered for a big game on Sunday. So what did you make of this performance and result, Jason? Well, we knew when the lineup came out and you didn't have Marcelino Moreno and you didn't have Franco Escobar, you knew that you were getting Kubo Torres at least on the trip. Um, didn't get Jurgen Dahm in the starting lineup either. You were going to be offensively challenged. Um, you were challenged more in the first half than you should have been. Should have been a little bit better. Um, Miami took a lot of shots from distance, a lot of shots that ultimately were off target, a lot of shots that were blocked. Uh, but Atlanta wasn't good enough in the first 45. The second 45 had a little more give and take than before the Miami goal, but nothing that Atlanta could really build on consistently. Legs start to get heavy. The goal for Miami felt like it could have been um, a, game, a, a situation that we've seen before where – you concede, the heads go down, you're out of gas, you just don't have it to come back. But from the Miami goal, Atlanta was the better team from then on. Miami let up, they took their foot off the gas. I think they were the ones who ran out of gas. And Atlanta kept going, and Jurgen Dom's inclusion was big. Jake Mulraney gets the goal. Kubo Torres was nowhere near 100% or 90%, maybe 70%. I don't know. Uh, but he fought, and he was part of this. You had a chance to win it, inexplicably. You had a chance to win it with Jurgen Dom, and, and then Bello couldn't pull that trigger fast enough. But 
you said thought at the very beginning. That's what it felt like. And it's something that Mike Conti and I talked about after the draw in Orlando, the only other time where Atlanta's conceded first and got a result this season, that it could have the potential to be a springboard. It ultimately did not. This one needs to be. Even if it doesn't result in three points against Toronto, who's the best team in the league right now, it needs to result in a team that knows that if they do concede, they do have the fight in them to get something out of it. That point tonight ends up being a very, very big point for Atlanta United. Yeah, it was. The optimist in me wants to say, hey, they, they fought back from a goal uh, to tie the game. And the pessimist in me says, this has been going on all season. Um, the, the, the poor play on offense and then the rallying once something happens. And you don't understand why they just can't do this from the get-go. Stephen Glass said that again tonight. Jurgen Dom said it again tonight. Uh, it's just a mystery about this particular team, why they can't kind of get this fight from the first whistle instead of having to wait for some adversity to happen. Um, but it was an important point. It keeps them in 10th. Again, the top 10 teams make the playoffs. Atlanta United has five games remaining. Only two of them could be considered uh, – they would probably get the juice boxes, to use one of Jason and John's phrases, <laughs> uh, to win. The rest of them, they are going to not get the juice boxes or get too many juice boxes or however the, the dang thing works. They're not going to be favored to win is the easiest way to put it. Um, so it was good that they got that point tonight. Unfortunately for them, some of the teams around them kind of stole some points tonight, including New England winning 3-2 at Montreal. Cincinnati kept itself in the race with a 2-1 win at Columbus. Orlando NYCFC split points. Red Bulls split points with Toronto with a late goal by Clark. Again, a, a fantastic goal if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it was. Uh, D.C. United had Philadelphia down and beaten, and then Mark McKenzie hits a banger that took a slight deflection, 2-2. Uh, so D.C. United, if they weren't done before, they are definitely done now. And Nashville just stomped uh, Tab Ramos, who I've never quite understood why everyone likes him as a coach, 3-1. to one. Uh, Dallas just knocked off Sporting Kansas City. Real Salt Lake is trying to upset Portland. I guess it's an upset because they're at home, but they're up 2-1. to one. And in the shocker of the night, Vancouver leads LAFC, who they beat last year, mm -hmm. incidentally, one to nothing in the 57th minute. But my point is, a lot of the teams in the East that Atlanta United is kind of trying to fight with didn't really drop any points tonight. And a couple of them got points that has probably pulled them away from Atlanta United for the remainder of the season. Chicago didn't play tonight. Minnesota had a presumptive positive that I don't think they were able to clear up at a reasonable time. They had two positives on the weekend. So they didn't play, and that'll be one to keep an eye on. I think the team that gained the most tonight is Cincinnati yeah. because it was a win that nobody expected. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Cincinnati expected it. And they played D.C. on the weekend. They could turn it into two straight wins and really put themselves into this mix that I didn't think they'd be in, frankly. Right. So I think last week I said I, I thought there were four teams or five teams battling for two spots. Now you can throw Cincinnati into the mix. Nashville getting three points tonight was huge. Nashville yeah. is now five points ahead. Nashville, which is then eighth, 
is now five points ahead of 13th place Cincinnati. So I think Nashville is kind of out of Cincinnati's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, track. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, Cincinnati battling with Montreal for those final two spots, I think. Yeah, and it's going to be scrappy. I mean, you see the results around the league tonight, um, even over in the Western Conference. A lot of strange ones, a lot of strange lineups, a lot of players missing, a lot of weird performances. One, it's 2020, and it's going to be weird for the rest of the way. A lot of these games in a short period of time, it's stacking up. And it's going to be very hard to call the rest of the way. You're going to have performances like this one tonight where you can be the lesser team for the majority of the 90 minutes played, but share the points or even steal all the points. And, and that's what you have to take out of this for me is just that it's not about style. It's not about stats anymore. It's about getting results. However you have to, you found a way to get one point. You would have loved to have gotten three, but the way the match went, I think that one point means a lot. And it means a lot against the team that you keep behind you with that one point. Right. Yeah, one no. thing you at least hold off for a little while. Right. Um, Miles Robinson had a, a massive game for Atlanta United. If not for him, uh, Miami could have led three, four, nothing in the first half, but he, he kept Higuain at bay uh, for the most part, uh, blocked two of his shots, I think, and had a crucial tackle on another uh, time Higuain had gotten into the box. Um, he's starting to, he missed the last game, but, the previous two games, I thought he'd look more like last year's Robinson yeah. um, than at any point. Tonight, I thought he looked very much like last year. Probably the closest I've seen all season of him looking like the player that I thought should have been defender of the year over Ike Opara, uh last season. I thought in some ways he looked even better tonight because he had a little bit of an edge to him. That's something we haven't seen um, out of Miles Robinson a lot in his time here in Atlanta. Um, there was a play at the very end where Robinson went up and won a header over Higuain, and, and I think he had a little bit of extra sauce on it and, and gave almost the Gucci on Yewu stare to Higuain. That's big. That's confidence, and that's something that Miles Robinson is playing with that he didn't play with earlier in the season. I got to give a shout to Anton Walks as well. Yeah, he uh, Walks was yeah. not necessarily expected to be in the starting lineup tonight. Franco Escobar was, but he wasn't feeling right after the Red Bulls game, Stephen Glass told us afterwards, and wasn't able to go. They thought he would. He wasn't. Walks comes in and, and gives you another really good performance. Four shots blocked, won some tackles. Walks was big. And on a night where you're going up against a player of Gonzalo Higuain's stature, Robinson and Walks were the two shut him down. Yep. The, the center back uh, pairing, I thought, as you just said, Played very, very well tonight uh, for Atlanta United. Uh, Fernando Meza continues to to not get any time. Um, so I thought he might come on tonight. Uh, when Lennon went out, I thought they might try him over at fullback, but instead they went with Lawrence Wyke, uh, like who is getting more playing time uh, as the season goes on. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with Meza, uh, but I guess we'll – find out on Sunday because this is going to be a tough turnaround game uh, for Atlanta United against an opponent that uh, is desperately trying to get enough points to win the Supporter Shield and is currently eight points up 
uh, right now, uh, particularly if Portland loses this game. Uh, it's going to be Toronto's shield to lose, I think, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, the good thing is after Sunday, you at least get a somewhat normal week where you don't have a midweek match, and Atlanta needs one of those in the worst way. Hopefully, Moreno and Escobar are able to go on on Sunday. That'll give you two guys who are fresher. Jeff Lorenowitz was pulled fairly early in the second half. Is he going to be able to bounce back quickly enough? Mo Adams came on and was good again. Uh, you got to give Mo Adams a lot of credit, too. He's played his way back into this rotation and is an important piece. Um, Jurgen Dom, Kubo Torres, hopefully they're closer to being able to give you more minutes. And Toronto played a very first-choice lineup tonight. Uh, do they have to rotate a little bit on the weekend? We'll have to see. No Michael Bradley, no Josie Altador, but the rest of that strong core led by Alejandro Pozuelo, who should be scaring the daylights out of any team in MLS right now. Pozuelo's been outstanding. I think he's the MVP this year. Uh, he's the guy that you have to shut down in that midfield. You have to cut off the supply lines for Pozuelo. I don't know how Atlanta's going to do it because that's been a, a problem for them this season with some of those types of creative players. Vancouver now leads LAFC two to nothing. <laughs> uh, I was, well, I was, LAFC finally went and got a center back. It's only been since you know February when they traded Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, and going back to uh, personnel, we may see not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday. I wonder if we'll see Ezekiel Barco. Um, if he can't get healthy in between Toronto and that following game, then I don't think we have any hope of seeing him the rest of the year. Um, yeah, that's just, you, that's just common sense. No, that's that's absolutely fair. I mean, you would love to get him back if it's not for Sunday for the following weekend. That's where you'd like to, I guess, target at this point. You'd love to have him for Sunday. You'd love to have him as much as you can have him in this team because he's another creative player, another attacking weapon. But he's not been able to to be on the field for you, and you've had to find other ways. And it's it's diff it's far more difficult without him than it is with him. Um, so uh, there's really not much more to talk about from this game. Um, what do y'all have upcoming on soccer down here, and and all the other things you got going on? Uh, we got overreaction Thursday tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. Uh, you can watch on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Soccer Down Here. You can listen on our Soccer Down Here app, which you can download for free on Android and iOS. You can listen on soccerdownhere.net as well. Uh, we've got, man, lots of stuff coming up. Um, we'll preview the Sunday match on Saturday night on a show called The Run-Up with Kelly Francis hanging out with us, getting ready for that one. Um, next week, we will have our Soccer in the Streets trivia contest on Thursday night. Uh, we pushed that back a week. People needed a little more time to study. So, you know, we want to accommodate. Uh, that's raising money for soccer in the streets to be able to deliver meals to some of the, the families that are in their footprint. Since it's a little difficult to deliver soccer sessions right now, uh, they're delivering meals to families in need. So all the funds and all you have to do to be able to play in that, is just make a donation, whatever you can make to soccer in the streets, and you'll be able to play in trivia next Thursday on Zoom. And uh, hopefully Mike Conti will be joining me as a special guest quiz master. Well, here, here's a, a question that you can ask, and uh, if people uh, listen to the show, they'll get the answer. Who okay. scored the first goal of Pebble Brook soccer season in 1992 with a spinning left-footed effort into the lower left corner? 
Um, Steve Jenkins. That it's incorrect. Hmm. Who was it? It was me. Oh, I don't believe that. I'm going to have to I, check the team. Had my back to the goal. I'm a right-footed guy, but I spun to the left, caught the center back off guard, and just poked one into the lower left corner. It was I got to check the tape. I'm going to have to get into the stat book on that one. I'm pretty sure they put a statue of me outside. I think it was at Carrollton here, actually. Um, it was Carrollton or Henry County, one of the two that we played. I cannot remember for the life of it. I don't see the statue of me outside the Carrollton High School. Yeah, it wasn't Assuming, down in McDonough. I know I, Henry County. Uh, well, they might have moved it to a more secure location to keep it from being uh-huh. faster or something. It's, that's yeah. you know, it's important stuff. Yeah, I'll check the tapes on that one. And I probably uh, I'm probably not any more quicker than a statue either. So that's what made <laughs> that goal even more surprising. Um, uh, my game story is up. I hope y'all can find it on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. The what was said is up. Um, the podcast you're obviously listening to. And then I'm going to go through and try to figure out some follow to write uh, from this game. It's getting more and more tough to find follows to write because most of the games are the same uh, almost every time they play. Um, And I get tired of repeating myself and I don't want y'all to have to keep reading the same things over and over again, but I will come up with something and it will post in the morning. And then we should have availability on Friday with Stephen Glass and a player TBD to preview that Toronto game. Uh, and I'm sure the paper is going to be crammed full of Braves playoff coverage. Tonight's disaster notwithstanding. Uh, Georgia-Auburn – or Georgia-Alabama preview. Yeah. I think it's going to be played uh, after Nick Saban's COVID diagnosis um, that was uh, revealed today. Uh, but we'll have a lot on that. The Hawks gearing up. Uh, the Falcons with their first game under their uh, new interim coach, which seems to be a thing right now, and with uh, Arthur Blank Properties, uh, which I'm sure he's not happy with. Um, and we'll have all that. So please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, Jason. Appreciate it, my friend. I assume I'll talk to you Friday morning. Yep, yep. And we will go from there. Y'all uh, be safe. Please vote. Uh, and tell somebody you love them. All right, bye-bye. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.